I must admit the I was a bit nervous because the veg chat went down so well last week. But as you know, it's not an area of expertise for me. So I wasn't really sure if there was an expectation that we'd go again. So in the end, I panicked and I googled just the phrase controversial vegetables, just so that I could bring something to the table, so to speak, for, for veg chat. Okay. Amazingly, you know, sometimes when you Google something, it comes up with suggested questions. Yeah. And the top three are just amazing. The first one is, what vegetable should we never eat? Wow. The second one is, what is the number one toxic vegetable? Interesting. And the third one, what vegetables destroy you from the inside out? Jesus. Okay. I, and I went there, you know, hoping for something sort of frivolous for veg chat. I've come out terrified. I mean, all I'm... I can imagine. I don't want to put too many people off, but potatoes, spinach, tomatoes, all off the menu. I'm sorry to say it. Too much of a no risk. No way. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised by that, to be honest. Well, I mean, what's the risk with spinach? The number one toxic vegetable. Number one. Mm-hmm. Apparently, strawberries not great either. I mean, that's straying from the veg family, but strawberries not ideal. When, when you say toxic... Yep. There's very straightforward meaning of the word when, toxic there, mate. Well, yeah. I mean, poisonous is, is kind of how I, what I think of when I hear toxic. There you go. So you're trying to tell me that spinach is poison. I mean, it does make often make your mouth quite weird. I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm just telling you what Google's told me. Well, like, well yeah, exactly. So you're telling me exactly what Google's telling I'm spreading you. information. You want to call it misinformation? That's fine. But all I'm saying is open your eyes. Open your eyes. Anyway, I think we've tested the levels well enough and it's time to do a betting show. Great. Hello, how are we doing? Thanks so much for tuning in this week to the sound of the start of your weekend, the MTT20 Betting Show. We're sponsored by Betfair. It's Ali Maxwell and George Ehrlich looking ahead at some weekend action. This weekend, it's the Championship and the FA Cup second round proper. This podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening, anyone thinking of having a bet this weekend to be gamble aware. Never bet more than you can afford to lose never ever chase losses be disciplined with your betting if you're thinking of having a bet this weekend that is absolutely crucial Uh, last weekend on this show george 0 for 5 i'm afraid and yes no doubt a few sob stories in there yeah loads i mean i'm not going to go through it too much but yeah all of them jamie cumming the the gillingham keeper had no interest in hearing you singing because you're george hurst george hurst hit the bar Rochdale missed a penalty and it finished one all in the Rochdale Exeter game over two and a half. <laughs> Rotherham battered us. I mean, I don't know. Let's just move on. Hopefully, we can we can right the wrongs. Although it's not ideal that we've got such a a shriveled docket um, this weekend because I'm I'm not a massive fan of. Well, I do actually. I, I really like betting on the FA Cup when we get to the third and fourth rounds, where I feel like it's much easier to read both the Premier League teams' um, mentality going into the games and the, and the EFL teams. I think at this stage, you are... I mean, I know that you've done a few yeah, uh, yeah, FA Cup picks. So I don't want to um, pour too much uh, cold water on it, but I feel like there's so much guesswork as to what teams are going to be put out by by um, EFL clubs. I don't know enough about the non-league clubs, so I, I, I'm, I just don't even look at it, basically. I'm still shivering at the use of the word shriveled, which has got to be up there with one of my <laughs> least favourite words. Um, yeah, not a, not a great week for you. Uh, a little bit better for me. My green week streak continues. That's five profitable 
weeks in a row, uh, albeit not a hugely <laughs> exciting one last week. 0.74 points up uh, from, what, five staked because my Tranmere next best was called off. Uh, the Tranmere Stadium getting battered by the storm. But my Nat was a winner. Burton doing the business comfortably against Doncaster. Uh, and my lay bet, I laid West Brom. And indeed, they failed to win on Friday night uh, to a chorus of boos, just as predicted. So that was nice that the goals double. And Jack Radoni, the goal scorer, both had a decent go at it, but but no cigar on that front. Uh, it does mean a good streak continues. It also means that I've overtaken you in the season-long stakes. And still... Disgrace. A lot of golf still to be played is what i would say if we were on the golf course you're the first person i've ever heard make the word profitable rhyme with profiterole <laughs> so that was good but except for that i need to work out what the issue is here i can't say impenetrable and i can't say profitable sounds like you can't say long words mm. not great for someone whose job it is to talk for a living i'm acting out i'm sorry i'm acting out because you're ahead of me that's I, I love you really why don't you tell me what your nap is what your best bet is this weekend presumably in the championship because you can't guess anyone's mentality in the fa cup or teams or anything really um i don't even know if they want to win so i'm not going to bet them uh, i am backing middlesbrough at 21 to 20 is my nap at home to swansea um regular listeners to this podcast and the monday show will know that i am very very sweet on borough at the moment and when i had a look at fox punters xg tables uh, i was delighted to see that not only are middlesbrough passing the eye test but they are absolutely smashing the data test as well in their last four games borough i mean obviously while there's only overseen three of them they are miles clear at the top of the xg ratio table in the championship uh, with 76.45 XG ratio, 1.944, 0.60 against their top in the last eight matches as well. But with those last three matches being the key reason for this, um, we we know that they've conceded four goals in the three games that Chris Wilder has overseen. But three of those goals have been total you know, ab- abnormalities. It's, they've been ridiculous. Two own goals and a... Uh, Sol Bamba clanger and then one from a set piece I I, I think the the one win one draw one loss um, should really have been nine points on, on the basis of their, of their play they're up against the Swansea side who I think maybe we jumped the gun a little bit with a, a few weeks ago ever since kind of saying yeah this is they are starting to really show what they're about uh the performances have been poor and the results have been poor too and in that same xg data table last four games swansea are a third from bottom only birmingham and barnsley have a worse xg ratio with, with swansea only creating 0.73 per 90 uh, and conceding one 1.4 so you know very very small sample size of course but on the basis of what we've seen in the last few games uh especially well w- what we've seen between these two sides since Chris Wilder came into Middlesbrough this is one of the best teams in the league against one of the one of the one of the worst and um you know, Swansea have, have been beaten by some much poorer teams than Borough in, in recent times so um yeah getting odds against about Borough seems an, an obvious one to me um they've got players coming back from injury as well I think Pajado is going to be back in the in the Borough fold fairly soon I, I doubt he'll be able to get into the starting lineup given how well you know particularly Crooks but also Tavernier is playing in that in that central role um, and Housen as well moving up from centre back into midfield um, so there, there's just a, a lot to like with Borough I, I can't see why um, their performance levels will dip and if they put in a performance I mean, if anything I think they're going to continue to get better given more time that Chris Wilder and Alan Nil have to work with the squad um, 
So, yeah, I think if they put in at the same level of performance as we've seen them put in against against Millwall, Preston uh, at home so far in, in games they only took one point from, um, they're more than 50% likely to, to win the game. So 21 to 20, Barrow is my nap. Unfortunately, but but probably somewhat predictably, uh, they're also one of my picks, albeit it's not quite a double nap. It's a next best <laughs> for me. Uh, I agree with everything you've said about Borough, so I won't repeat it. Uh, just in terms of, of Swansea, their opposition, the one thing that I'm confident of here is that I don't think Swansea will create many chances against Borough on Saturday, uh, and that gives me hope. But I think Borough can certainly, uh, well, they have plenty of avenues of, of attack when it comes to hurting Swans, uh, because Russell Martin Swans, early days, still plenty to like, yes, Plenty to improve on, for sure. Um, I, I think I've said this quite a lot over the last few weeks. We've spoken Swansea a few times, so I don't want to just be banging the, the same drum. And I don't even mean this as a huge criticism, but it's hard not to notice when you look at the numbers that they are struggling to create chances despite having most of the ball most of the time. Um, they're not getting into the penalty area and creating great chances. They're not getting into the six-yard box and creating big, big chances. They've relied massively on on the quality of Joel Perot from the edge of the box, from Jamie Patterson from outside the box, or Perot and Patterson combination play. It's it's not enough for me at the moment. So uh, against a Borough side that looked pretty well drilled and I'm sure will be uh, well coached ahead of this one, uh, I think that um, Swansea are going to struggle to penetrate them. Uh, and I think Borough are ready to, vo- to exploit the vulnerability that we've seen Swansea have to opposition attacks, particularly in transition when they give it away. Uh, Reading did so very well last week. And look, uh, Andy Carroll's goal was brilliant and their counter-attacking was brilliant. I absolutely think that with Watmore stretching the the back line with uh, Sporar's link play, which has been really good recently, uh, with Tavernier and Crooks bombing on as well, that there's definite threat from Borough when it comes to the Swansea defence. So all in on you with Borough. Uh, they're my next best at 21 to 20. My nap is in the FA Cup. And it is Mansfield, draw no bet, to win at Doncaster this weekend. The price is 5-4 to four with the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, this is a, a Doncaster side who lost to Crewe on Wednesday night in the Pizza Cup. Uh, Doncaster's first team losing to Crewe uh, and Noel Hunt afterwards speaking to the media because Richie Wellens was absent. I think he's been unwell this week. Said, some of these players don't know what it takes to be a professional footballer. There was a lack of fight. The front three were miles off it. There wasn't much in the game. We got final third entries. We got crosses into the box. But the only difference was they wanted to score and we didn't. Apart from Tom Anderson, Kyle Noyle, Joe Alowu and Tommy Rowe, who showed some fight when he came on, we struggled in midfield as well. Now, last week after their insipid defeat at Burton, where I think they had two shots on goal in the whole game, Richie Wellen said, my hands are tied and my legs have been chopped off and at the moment that's the way I'm working. What do you want me to do? We can't put a team on the pitch at the moment that is consistently going to get results at this level. We've got players on the pitch that haven't played at this level before or are just starting out. Today we just got bullied a little bit and to be fair with the team we put out, that was always going to happen. That's the assistant manager and the manager there almost distancing themselves from the team that they manage and the performances that they're putting in at the moment. All is not well. Uh, The fact that they now go home and play at home uh, in this game, I don't think helps them here because the atmosphere is absolutely toxic. There's a lot of uh, ire being directed towards Richie Wellens. There are still some supporters of him amongst the fan base, or supporters is probably the wrong word, people who who don't think the obvious thing to do is just to sack him because there's also a lot of ire directed at the board at what's considered a lack of ambition, um, uh, particularly when it comes to the reinvesting of fees for Ben Whiteman 
uh, and someone else I can't remember into the the playing squad. Um, you look at the squad now. There are some nice players in midfield. Um, the defence looks okay, but is not playing well. And up top, it's an absolute disaster. They've got uh, such a lack of quality in the final third. And the players that are playing every game because they have to are just lacking so much confidence at the moment. It's clear to see they're all young guys. Very few of them have goal-scoring records, and, and that's showing. Uh, we've spoken about it a few times. Their last few results, Doncaster, 2-0 defeat, 2-0 defeat, 3-0 defeat. 0-0, 3-2 win and a 1-0 win, both of those against Scunthorpe in the league below, uh, first round of the FA Cup and in the Pizza Cup, uh, 1-0 with Crew in the league, 4-0 defeat and 1-0 with Cambridge in the league. So they're in miserable form, everything's miserable and I think it's miserable. How's that for a bit of uh, mentality guesswork there? Uh, whereas Mansfield <laughs> didn't play in midweek, they've had a nice week off to prepare. Yes, they're in the league below, uh, but they are in very good form in the league below. Full of beans with six wins in their last seven in all competitions. One of them was against Sunderland away from home in the FA Cup. So um, certainly confidence will be intensely high at Mansfield. Um, And just in terms of of how they like to play, uh, they have the most high turnovers in League Two, the most shot-ending high turnovers, those uh, numbers per opta. Um, They will pick Doncaster off if they try and play from the back with low confidence. Uh, They have the fourth best XG against as well from open play in League Two now. So you might remember Mansfield being terrible defensively at the start of the season. Well, that's not the case now. Uh, Clough has tightened them up massively Um, with those Donny attackers getting pelters, low on confidence, low on quality. I think there's a good chance here for Mansfield. They've got Hawkins and Oates up top. Hawkins brings the size. Oates brings the speed and I think they can they can do some damage to this low confidence Doncaster side so that's my thinking um, insert line about a stag party here Mansfield <laughs> draw no bet my nap this weekend in the FA Cup second round five to four the price with Betfair Sportsbook next best George yeah I'm setting myself up here I think um, I'm backing Oxford to beat Sunderland um, in League One at uh two to one oxford at the moment yeah coming into this one we don't know what team oxford will have what squad carl robinson will have available to him um of the 13 players that were missing for the two games last week certainly some will be available but but carl robinson's mentioned in the local press how you know while some of those who tested positive for, for, for covid were fine um some of some of the players were seemingly actually quite ill so the recovery time of those players, we just don't know. So a bit of guesswork here, but I think crucially the performances against Rotherham and against um, Fleetwood with those 13 players missing were good enough that even if they were all missing, it wouldn't really necessarily put me off. I think we can be basically confident that those players who do come back into the fold are going to be a positive, but it's not like there were glaring um, misses. Certainly Simon Eastwood or Jack Stevens being fit would be probably the most crucial boost, even though Connor Truman did do well in goal against Rotherham, um, despite the woodwork being his kind of closest ally. Uh, I was, I think it's going out um, tomorrow, but I, I, I was, I'm on the, the Roker Report preview podcast and we spoke about Rotherham um, on there. And, you know, Rotherham obviously did an absolute job on Sunderland. And, and um, Rich, who was the, the, the host, was saying that after seeing what they saw against Rotherham, a nil-nil draw is actually, you know, a, a pretty good piece of form when you're looking at it. it you know, it, it suggests a, a pretty high level of of play. That's how good Rotherham are. And I agree with that because um, Sunderland come into this in uh, not in, a, in in good shape at all in, in any way. Uh, the performances aren't aren't good. Um, you know, they've lost a lot of games recently. The, the two they've won against Ipswich and, and Cambridge have been not fortuitous, but not 
dominating performances that you would expect to see. You know, Ipswich were the better team for 80 minutes against them. Uh, they then score a decent strike from range and then get a, a bizarre penalty in the game 2-0. Um, they beat Cambridge, the first being a, a meet-off own, own goal from a corner. The second being a, a brilliant strike from Broadhead, which from range, which is obviously great individual quality. But again, it's it's you know we often say that's not really sustainable. Um, they played a, a pretty weak team in in the um, AFL Trophy in midweek, uh, which is a bit disappointing for this bet. I kind of hope that the injuries would mean they'd have to start a lot of first teamers. Some did play, to be fair, um, but but most got a rest. But if you're looking at the team itself, you know, they don't have a senior left back who's fit. Um, Dejaku, who either plays as a 10 or as a striker, has to play left wing back against Cambridge. Um, there's just a, a lot of issues at the moment with Sunderland. And normally going up to the stadium of light, I'd be I'd be pretty concerned about our chances and would take a point. This time, I, I feel like they're massively there to be got at and, and we're playing them at a very good time. So, um, you know, with, with nothing to lose and nothing to fear and certainly both clubs in a very different spot where I think Sunderland know they're vulnerable... Oxford will feel like after the week that they've had, picking up four points with such a depleted squad will feel galvanised. Um, I think there's a bit of value getting getting behind the away team on, on in one of the few League One games on Saturday. Yeah, just the two games in League One. Uh, the other one is Accrington against Fleetwood. I've teed that up as if that's a really good segue into my next pick, but it's got nothing I'm, to do with it. I've done something on that game later on, so okay, stay nice. tuned. League One well represented in this shriveled docket this weekend. Um, so my lay bet is what we should go to next because, of course, my next best was Middlesbrough as well. And my lay bet is Salford City, who I have put up a lay on the Betfair exchange at 1.8. Uh, I would expect to be matched by the time they play against Chesterfield late on Sunday, which is the 5.15 game on Sunday. I imagine it's on the box because Salford City games, for some reason, tend to be. Um, they are 4-6 to six on the uh, sportsbook, so I'm hoping to be matched at, at 1.8. That should be fine and dandy. And they're, they're playing against a Chesterfield side who are top of the National League and very much there on merit. They've scored the most goals. They've conceded the second fewest. Uh, XG data for the National League is hard to come by. Y Scout do have it, though. Um, there are some people who don't think Y Scout data is quite as precise uh, as some of the other data providers, but um, better than nothing. And just to check that they weren't on some completely insane hot streak. Uh, well, Y Scout don't think so. Second best XG for, second best XG against. You put those together, you've got a very, very strong uh, National League side. They've got a striker in Kabongo Chimanga, who has 17 goals in 17 games this season. Uh, 13 of them non-penalty goals, all going well there. Now, I am led to believe that they've got a fair few absentees, but that most of them are long-term absentees and haven't been playing much recently anyway. So it's not like they've been suddenly struck down by a huge spate of injuries in the last week or two. Uh, and in fact, uh, Calvin Miller and Fraser Carr, who missed their game in midweek, uh, they are both in the top six for minutes this season uh, for Chesterfield in the in the National League. So key men and expecting them to be available. So I'm not too concerned, uh, even though it seems like they are missing a few players. George, what do we always say about the gap between the top of the National League and the bottom half of League Two? Very small. Very small. If 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 it even exists, is it more of an overlap? So small as to be imperceptible. 
Mm. You, you said that word quite well. That was good. That was a long one. Thank you. Uh, and Salford are themselves in the bottom half of... No, they're not. They're just inside the top half. 11th <laughs> in League 2. That's right, because I couldn't hand on heart say Salford are a bottom half League 2 side because I, I don't think they're a bad team. Um, but honestly, after a few seasons of watching this Salford City side... I've not seen yet a Salford City side with great personality, with great character. And this is all a bit wishy-washy intangibles. It's not very like me. But we've talked about them so much as a team that has good numbers, a good squad, who tend to be pretty solid defensively, who don't score as many goals as you'd like. And maybe now they'll go on a run for like two and a half years now. And they never do. This season, they haven't won back-to-back all season. Uh, in the league anyway, and having won last weekend, uh, I'm kind of predicting that instead of kicking on, this Salford City side don't have a huge amount about them. Now, I think they can be quite underwhelming, basically, and I think this sort of game is ripe for that. Added to this, the fact that Salford City uh, have a small fan base and Chesterfield have a large fan base. You know, this game's at Salford, but my my guess You've got to be careful here. My, I don't want to besmirch the good name of Salford City fans, but my guess is that the Chesterfield fans are going to cause an absolute racket here. I think they're going to travel in some numbers. I think they're going to turn this into, you know, I think they're going to basically cancel out any home advantage that would come from the fans here. Um, and I think they're going to fire on their team who are full of beans at the top of the National League. So uh, I'm very happy to lay Salford here to 1.8 on the Betfair exchange. I can't pretend I've watched a lot of Chesterfield this season, but I'll certainly be watching on Sunday to see if all of this comes true. Laying Salford with the Betfair exchange at 1.8 up the Spyrites. George, uh, what's your lay this weekend? So I've asked for a, a special ruling here. Um, because as I've mentioned, uh, I'm not really looking at the FA Cup um, second round um, fixture list for betting purposes. And in the championship and in League One, there, there aren't really any lays. I'll be comfortable taking on a kind of layable prices. Like I'm not that willing to take on Fulham, who are 1.94 at home to Bournemouth. I'm not that keen to take on Forest, who are 1.82 at home to Peterborough. You know, Blackburn at home to Preston again. You know, it's, it looks like a kind of no bet game to me. Um, so I, you know, you're still laying a team, but I'm, I'm turning my lay just for one week only, uh, into a draw no bet bet, uh, where you're still, I guess, taking on the, the, one of the sides. Um, and it's Hull, uh, draw no bet is the one I'm looking for away at, um, Reading. I mean, my record taking on Reading is, is horrendous. I should start by saying that. And that isn't just the case this season. It's been the case for about five years. They seem to be, I'm pretty sure if I didn't exist, Reading would now be in league two. Because uh, every time, every time I try and get against them, um, they they laugh in my face. And um, but having said that, I, I'm still just not convinced at all by them um, as a side. I think 11 to 10 about Hull draw no bet. Given Hull's recent form, you know they've won four in the bounce. A quick look at the old Fox Punter XG data. Is it lucky? No. They are third in those four games for XG ratio of 63.5, 1.96 XG4 per 90 in that time. So this isn't a case of of just natural variance of Hull being an okay side and, and losing a lot of games and then winning a lot of games in in, in uh, kind of streaks. This is Hull's performances rapidly improving for whatever reason. Yes, they've had a, a fairly ex- easy time of it fixture-wise, but I'm not convinced it gets much harder with Reading either. Reading were, were much better against Swansea. Uh, Andy Carroll made a big impact um, starting up front. We don't know if he's going to be fit for this one. He came off with an injury and, and his absence would certainly be a massive 
positive um, for this bet. And yeah, I mean, it's two sides who are embroiled in, you know, who've managed to kind of get out of it. And, you know, Reddings is, is mainly because of um, of the points deduction, but they are um, two sides who are, who are making sure they stay in the division next season uh, rather than looking to get out of it at the top end. So it's a big game and, and I, I just wouldn't be backing um, Reading at home to Hull given Hull's recent performances at about six to four. So Hull draw no bet is my lay, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm getting against, I'm laying Reading, but I'm not that interested in, in laying them at, at 2.5. I'd rather um, do it the other way. So special dispensation for one week only. Now, what I think is inco- inconsequential, but I thought that was full of incomprehensibilities. I was just practicing some long words there, and I, I botched it's, one of them. It's it's annoying that you it's annoying that you botched one, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's annoying, but it's all good stuff, though, isn't it? It's all good stuff. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. My goals bet this week is actually a no goals bet, no goals at all at Blackpool against Luton this weekend in the Championship. Uh, and back in the nil-nil at seven to one, George. Don't and don't have a go at me because I looked at the no goal scorer bet so that we get infinity own goals on side. But that was yeah. six to one, and then the nil-nils at seven to one. So I'm quite interested in Fair, what, what do you think about on. that? They've yeah. Well, they've realised. Yeah, it shouldn't be the same price. Good, good on them. Congratulations to Betfair. Yeah, nil-nil Blackpool Luton seven to one. It's a really, it's a very, very tough game to call this. Uh, and the only thing that I'm pretty sure of is that it's going to be pretty low margin stuff. Um, Luton, well, Luton are a bit of a, a strange one at the moment. They're still putting up good numbers. They're not putting goals in the back of the net though. Um, they, they've got over the course of the season the sixth best xG from open play, the seventh best xG against from open play. Um, recent weeks, despite their poor form. The numbers are not horrendous. There doesn't look to be too much wrong in the process, in the way that they're playing out of possession and the way that they're building up, the way that they defend, the way they attack. But final third execution has been a big problem. Cornick and Adebayo have been a bit off it. And outside of them, they don't get a ton of goals from anywhere else. Um, Berry obviously had a, a cameo of sorts earlier this season where he scored a few goals and he's a good goal getter but he's not playing at the moment I think he's injured um Jordan Clark as well is someone who can score a few goals from midfield but outside of that not many goal threats and it's it's holding them back at the moment they're up against this very impressive Blackpool side who overall are going very well in the championship they're right in the middle of that seeded batch they are winless in five though uh two of them have been one nil defeats narrow three of them draws two nil nils and a one one so over the last five well only six goals scored in total in five games really low margin stuff they remain very very well drilled but they're not a team that create chances at will now fox punters non-penalty xg ratio has luton around 58 percent, which is very impressive and blackpool at 42 percent. so quite a big gap there over the course of the season so far but blackpool have two points more than luton at this stage so Outside of, of obvious questions of variance, good and bad finishing playing a part, I think there's probably an argument that so far this season, Blackpool have been a slightly savvier side, um, better game management, certainly cooler heads in both boxes. Um, you know, that stuff's hard to measure, but that's just my take on it. But I think Luton are, are probably a slightly better side, and I'm cancelling that out with Blackpool's home advantage. So um, I'm confident this will be very, very low margin stuff. Both teams struggling to break each other down. Nil-nil for me, 7-1 to one, Blackpool against Luton. What's next for you? Yeah, the, the goals bet um, I found tricky this week. But I, I think there might be some value in backing BTTS and Millwall against Birmingham at, at odds against. Um, 
you know, these are two sides who I had a similar bet a couple of um, a couple uh, pretty about a month or so ago where the the price is big at twenty one you know twenty one to twenty is a is a big price for BTTS in the, in the championship and the reason for that is because they're two sides who we classically think of as being fairly toothless in in attack and that is played out in in the data you know you look at their 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 season to date XG four um, per ninety. Um, Millwall are 1.15. Um, Birmingham are um, well, they're up at 1.33 to be fair. But in re- in recent games specifically, Birmingham 0.81, Millwall 0.87 in their last four, and their last eight, Birmingham 0.89, Millwall 1.07. So teams who are, who are struggling really to to find the net and therefore um, or are struggling to create good chances, I should say, and are therefore the the BTTS price is bigger than it would normally be. But I, I think when you have a case of this. It's much more important to look at the defensive side of things. I think when teams are, are very, very poor and are conceding a lot of chances, that carries more weight in my mind than one who, who are struggling to create a great deal. And that is the case with both of these sides. In their last four games, Millwall conceding 1.65 per 90, uh, Birmingham 1.58. Last eight games, Birmingham 1.24, Millwall 1.45. So neither team defensively sound, um, which especially in the case of uh, Millwall flies in the face of the, of the kind of general narrative around Gary Rowett and Millwall. But I think we have to place some trust in the data. Ridiculously, um, Birmingham's last 10 games away from home in the championship, only one has been BTTS, which is absolutely mad and that is noisy enough for me to to not put any weight in that at all and to deduce that fairly soon there are going to be quite a lot of games where Birmingham are on the road that are going to have both teams scoring because that is not a sustainable run at all with Millwall we know they draw a lot of games one all and and certainly at home whilst not being uh, so ridiculous as that the other way um, plenty of their games recently have have seen goals and both teams scoring so um, yeah I mean at odds against I don't think that's necessarily right. You know, the, the average price for both teams to score in the championship is about, or, you know, eight to eleven ish, four to five. Um, so it's a it's a massive outlier in terms of price, and and I don't think there's much in the game itself and the matchup between the two to suggest that it, it would be any less or any more cagey and any loss any less free scoring. Absolutely reeks of a one all draw. Reeks of a winner. Yeah, well, it would be a winner, but it reeks of a one all yeah. draw. It it's not a gag that works hourly. That's AU okay. hourly. Yeah, yeah. But I like writing Millwall, but instead of both double L's, I just write one ones. So it's just me one one, wow one. Wow one. one. They are the one oneiest team I've ever seen in my life, and this fixture. There's no cash out suspensions on the Betfair sportsbook on match odds for all football league games. That's applicable to singles and multiples. No cash-out suspensions whatsoever uh, on match odds bets for all football league games on the Betfair Sportsbook. We are left with goal scorers. You literally hit the bar with yours uh, last mm. week. Uh, Rodoni had a couple of fairly shoddy snapshots. That wasn't that wasn't my favourite after I was pretty excited about it. My pick this weekend, and, and hopefully it goes well with your Hull DNB pick, is Keen Lewis Potter to score for Hull against Red. KLP. 16-5, which is 4.2 in the decimals. That's with the Betfair Sportsbook. KLP is an absolute gunman. I think we know that by now. Uh, he is a really nice mix of penalty box poacher uh, and massive, massive transition threat, uh, carrying the ball and cutting inside or going outside and, and scoring 
coming in from the left. So uh, I think a Reading side who are iffy defensively. Uh, no clean sheet in eight. They've conceded the second most goals in the league. They fe- they faced the second most shots in the league. Uh, and KLP is someone who doesn't need a second invitation to get shots off and who we think has that bit of extra quality when it comes to finishing. Uh, so Keen Lewis Potter, I'm hoping, will score. I've backed him with the Betfair Sportsbook. 16-5, to uh, 4.2. Uh, George? Yeah, I think I found quite a fun one. And whether or not this is the... That's um, what it's all about, mate, at the end of the day. Whether or not this is the week. That's what I say when the um, when the package hits the floor on a Friday. Whoa, TMI, mate. Jesus. I'm not sure if this is the week or not. And guess what? It's always the week. I didn't. I don't think I still subscribe, but they still send them. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, I feel like I might send that to Accidental Partridge, I think. Um, anyway, we... Uh, yeah, whether or not this is... The week at cops, I don't know. So this is probably a case of let's just back this every week for the next kind of ten weeks and see what happens. Ten. Um, if the prices stay the same, but I'm backing Sean McConville to score any time uh, for Accrington against Fleetwood at thirteen to two. I mean, he's been in and out of the side a fair bit this season, and it's fair to say that he isn't the the kind of dominant attacking force um, that he once was. He's he's played in a more withdrawn role a fair bit as well for um, for. Um, more uh, sorry for uh, Accrington so far this season, but there are signs that he is starting to really come to the boil. I mean, he's had he hasn't scored a single goal this this season. He's had I think north of twenty five shots in his last few games against Burton, uh, where he played more of kind of a left wing back role. Um, Accrington only had that's where he's eight been playing. That's game. where he's been playing all season. Well, mm, well, mate, if you let me, if you let me come to that then you'll find out that's actually not the case so so serves you right for just nipping in um in a left left wing back role at burton where Akron only had eight shots in the whole game mcconville had five of them uh then they switched to a back four against lincoln and mcconville played in a more advanced left wing role as, as you clearly missed um despite being on quest that day and he had and he had two shots in the game as well playing more advanced as you mentioned earlier the white scout data is doesn't kind of come as pre-approved as some other kind of data points and and they only have him down for one xg in the whole season i've i've watched quite a lot of his shots this morning back and i i i disagree it's fair to say and i, and I think mcconville himself will feel like the world's been against him because the amount of good saves that have come from his shots is incredible um the goal is coming and he is taking on a, a fleetwood side here who are um you know they may have sat Simon Grayson but I saw them recently enough to know that there are some serious defensive frailties and they conceded two goals against AFC Wimbledon in their first game under caretaker manager um Craney as well so I yeah I think this is is, is massively massively overpriced especially given that given given that Accrington changed the shape um to a 4-4-2 got a win from that as well with McConville playing in a more advanced role um it only plays more into the idea that he should um that he should be getting into more goal-scoring opportunities. And we know that he's somebody, you know, at 32, we, we've seen enough of McConville over the years to know that he is a goal threat and he does score goals. So that 13-2 to two on him to score any time is, is incorrect. Um, and I, I have no doubt that if that price sticks around for, for the next few weeks, it will it will yield profit. Remember, with Betfair, if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £5 free bet also for use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's do apply for that. Uh, George, if you'd be so kind as to recap your bets, because I feel like we've been all over the place so far on this pod, and it'd be good just to have <laughs> you know, a one-stop shop for all the picks. 
Yeah, Middlesbrough, um, at home to Swansea, my, my nap next best, uh, the mighty Yellows away at Sunderland, um, which is just obviously not, not going to win because, you know, obvious. Not with that attitude. Uh, <laughs> uh, Reading um, are, the, are the lay, but in, in the shape of, of a draw-no-bet bet on, on Hull. Uh, BTTS, Millwall versus Birmingham is my goals bet. And then Sean McConville to score any time at 13-2 to for Accrington at home to Fleetwood. Lively. Mansfield, draw no bet, 5-4, to four, my nap away at Doncaster in the FA Cup. Middlesbrough, my next best at home to Swansea, 21-20. to 20. Those prices with the Betfair Sportsbook. I've put up a lay of Salford at 1.8 on the Betfair Exchange. They're at home to Chesterfield on Sunday in the Cup. My goals bet is a no goals bet. Nil nil at Blackpool versus Luton, seven to one with the sportsbook. And Keen Lewis Potter, my anointed this weekend, sixteen to five, which is four point two as a decimal, to score for Hull against Reading. That has been an absolute joy and a pleasure. I'm heading into the weekend full of beans. We've got a rare one, George. We're doing a Sky segment on Friday, which is a must watch. We're going to be talking about the fan led review. Um, Tracy Crouch and co and we're going to be dissecting some of that and, and trying to pick mm. the bones out of it but on Saturday we're both off I think we're going to watch Gillette Soccer Saturday together which is a nice I think we are mate isn't that really sweet really exciting yes I'm excited for it it's going to be great really good to take a weekend off my job talking about EFL football matches quite often with you by <laughs> spending the afternoon watching EFL football matches with you um, yes, it's going to be great. We're going to really get stuck into the shrivel docket. Mm. Couple of beers? <laughs> yeah, I'd have thought so. Great. I'm off to a, to Wembley Arena in the evening to go and watch James. Who? James. James Vincent McMorrow. No. James. No, this is another good. After <laughs> I feel like we now have to expose your lack of '90s music knowledge on every podcast from now on. James. Which song does he sing? They. What? They. They sing. They sing. Sit down. Uh, which you might know. I mean, they sing, they sing lots of songs. It's going to be great. Oh, sit down. Oh, sit there down. Belted around the old Wembley back in the day, wasn't it? Do they have any other songs or is that mainly the one? They have loads of other songs. They have, you put me on the spot now, Tomorrow is a, is a very good song. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got uh, Born of Frustration. They've got Laid. Crikey. Loads of, loads of crackers, mate. It's going, to be, it's going to be really fun. Guys, thanks so much for listening. What a treat. Uh, what a pleasure. Thank you to Betfair for their sponsorship of this podcast. Uh, please be gamble aware if you're thinking of having a bet this weekend we'll talk again on monday um recapping everything that happens this weekend and who knows what else go well